0: I am so honored today because I have Vicki Weber with me. Vicki is a musician and elementary educator with a love for children's literature. As a Puerto Rican author, she strives to create picture books that are fun, engaging, and educational. All her current titles are based on her background in music education or her heritage. Thank you so much for being here today, Vicki
1: thank you for having me. Excited to be here. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. It's exciting to have you because I know you just really focus on children in particular. And I have such a soft spot for children and just the education system as well. But I love what you've been able to create. So if you could just kind of take us through the
1: journey. When I was still teaching, I'm a former elementary educator. I had all these ideas and I wanted to write a book, but I didn't think that was something that could really happen. I thought it was going to be a pipe dream. One of those things that you you say, wouldn't that be nice when you look back at your life? But I was sitting down one day and my husband asked, you know, well, why not? You want to do it. So why not? And I didn't have a good argument against it. So we dove in and tried to figure out, okay, how do I make this happen? What are the different possibilities? And I ended up deciding for my first few books on self-publishing being right for me. Um, so I wrote my story, went through the process and within nine months I became an Amazon bestseller. And just a few months after that, Disney actually reached out to me. Um, and I penned one of the step into reading books for Disney's Encanto. Um, and from there I have now been self-published, traditionally published. I do have a literary agent through East West lit. Um, And it's completely changed my life, uh, my family's life. And honestly, I didn't realize how realistic of a dream it was until I was in the middle of it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That is incredible. I love stories like that, where it was like, why not? There's no reason not to. And I love that your husband asked that to really allow you to start using that creativity in a different way than you already were. But I'm curious, what was that process like after like Disney reached out to you? Like, what was that whirlwind for you if it was?
1: Well, first of all, I it's funny because I have people ask me or like, treat me like I'm a celebrity. I'm not a celebrity by any means, but so oftentimes I'll be, you know, on Facebook, somebody will be like, oh my gosh, the Vicki Weber responded to me. I'm like, guys, I'm not that popular. It's just me over here. <laughs> so a lot of that can be um, a, a little bit weird, just in the sense that when you, when you write a book and you become an author, it's this natural thing. And that's why people think it's so unachievable and it's so difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to self-publishing, being successfully self-published is difficult because you are the publisher. So you have to know all the te- technical things to know how to sell your book. You also have to know things about graphic design and how like, tall the... F- the text font needs to be all these little things that you'd never ever think about in a million years. Um, When you're traditionally published, a publisher handles all of that for you. When you are the publisher, you have to, to some degree, know these things in order to communicate with your team effectively and bring this book to life in a way that is quality and it lives up to your vision. So when I was self-publishing, it started with writing and then a lot of editing a lot of people think editing is just correcting grammar and spelling and punctuation, but it is so much more than that. It's mm-hmm. It completely shapes your story and makes sure that your vision for the book matches what actually is on the page. It's actually trickier than you'd think. Mm-hmm. And then after that, um, for picture books, you um, hire an illustrator, unless you are talented and can do it yourself. I am not. <laughs> I can't even draw a stick figure to save my life. Um, And then from there, you have to decide, okay, how am I distributing this to the world? What is my release strategy? What is my marketing strategy? Who is my audience? Uh, And yeah, it's it's a lot of logistics, but it's also a lot of fun. (laughs) It sounds
0: like it, especially because it is such a process and people might not know the editing process of having the font a certain way and just all the details that go into it because you're like, okay, I'll just write a book and then Mm -hmm. publish it and then i will be done. And it's, it's not
1: that easy. (laughs) It's not, it's really not, but it is, it, it is an incredible feeling. You've created, go on and have an impact on a child, on a family, on an adult. Honestly, so many adults are the ones reading my books because they're reading to their children And I think that the best children's books are something you're passionate about, a story you wanted as a kid or a story uh, you look for on the shelves and can't find for your own students or your own children. Um, And so it's a labor of love. People like to call them their book babies (laughs) because they kind of (laughs) are. Absolutely.
0: And it's, I mean, it's just writing around children too, but the parents that are reading it, they're learning something as well of just, especially because I love that you take your heritage into it music education, just everything that you embody, I think is so important, especially at a young age, but then parents kind of are reliving it when they're reading to their children too. And I think it's such a beautiful, like full circle moment for parents as well, especially bringing culture. And I don't think there's enough books. I mean, there's starting to be, but enough bo- books around, different cultures for children to learn too. And I think that's, that's something I value tremendously. So I love that that's part of what you do as well. And I'm curious with the whole process of publishing and self-publishing and publishing with a publisher, what has been maybe a roadblock or two that you've experienced or a lesson that you've learned from that
1: roadblock? The biggest hurdle is definitely imposter syndrome Hmm. because it's really easy when you start to think, I have this idea, I have this vision, I know who I wanna help or who I wanna represent or what impact I wanna have. And then you start writing it and it's fine, but then the first time you need to send it to somebody else, mm-hmm. this feeling sets in of like, uh, maybe I shouldn't. You know, maybe Maybe I'm not good enough. Is this actually a good idea? Does anybody actually care? is this going to be worthwhile? Is it going to be a waste of my money? Am I going to get criticized? All of these thoughts, you know, resurface um, from, you know, the depths of of your mind. And it can be hard to overcome if you system, they're saying, stop it. You can do this. Feedback Mm -hmm. is good. Change is good. You know, people, these, these people you're sending your book to want you to succeed. They want your story to do well. And so they're not going to say, Vicki, don't publish this. This is terrible. They're going to say, Vicki, here's what I've noticed. Here's what could be improved. Here's an outside perspective on what you could change or what's already going well. And so no matter how many books you write, that those feelings still creep in. I, I have 10 published uh, children's picture books, two chapters books under a pen name. I have one early reader through Disney and I still get those feelings when I sit down and write a book. Ooh, is this one? Should I, I don't know, maybe. Mm -hmm. So the biggest advice I have for that is to find supportive people in your life who will help you push the thoughts aside. You push the discomfort and always ask yourself when someone gives you criticism, is there some truth to it? Because Mm -hmm. sometimes there will be, and it's something Mm -hmm. you can change. And other times there's not, and you need to accept it that they don't know what they're talking about and ignore it. Well
0: said. It's really good advice <laughs> because I do think, you know, it goes back to having such a supportive network around you that people that love you and care about you, they want to see you succeed, especially if they're working with you. They want that success for you. They want to see you thrive unless there are not the right people in your circle. And then that's when you kind of check it at the door and check your circle. (laughs) As I like to say. Check your circle. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I got it from someone else. It's it's not originally mine, but (laughs) but I loved it. And I think it's important too. But I think that's what you're alluding to as well of just really understanding who's around you. But really if it has some wisdom in there of a golden nugget that can help you move forward, allowing you to really take that into consideration and be able to more successful if that's the road you want to go on if you want to be stagnant or hear what other people are saying it's going to weigh you down and it's going to be really heavy so it's just you know lighten the load a little (laughs) of what makes it it's
1: it's the little things too like just an example one of my books rhythm rescue is um, a musical storybook about a superhero girl and you have to clap the right rhythm to help her in the story and activate her superhero powers it's really fun book starts well originally it started on downbeat street because in music the downbeat is where a song starts and so in the book downbeat streets where the book started and i thought i was so clever i'm like look at me i i got this figured out and then i sent it to one editor she loved it she gave me some feedback i tweaked the book i sent it to another editor and she says i love the story but i'm confused and i said what are you confused about she said why is the street sad and i was like what she said well the opposite of upbeat is downbeat why is it a sad street <laughs> uh-huh. and i hadn't thought about it like that all the people i'd been sending my books to were musicians so they got my little quirky clever downbeat thing that made sense to them but anybody who was a musician was going in with this lens of this is a sad book and then it wasn't and it was kind of off-putting so i transformed downbeat street just into beat street Mm -hmm. um so that's a little bit more i don't uh, not inclusive but a little bit more um streamlined i guess without taking away from the rest of the book so it doesn't have to be the big things in your book. You don't have to toss a whole character or toss a whole storyline. It's the details and the layers and the little things sometimes that make a book really shine.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. I think too, because I mean, I'm not a musician. I do know a little bit about music, but I'm no expert. By, I'm not even like, I, I don't know. I'm beginner, beginner. <laughs> But I do think, too, it's sometimes you need somebody that has no idea your industry or anything looking at it so it can resonate with the general population or anything like that. But I love that story. And it's very humbling, too, just hearing that, knowing, okay, well, you know, nobody is perfect. But hearing it from a different perspective, it can really, like you said, help your book shine in those small parts really can be huge. And we don't even realize it as well. So I appreciate that story so much. (laughs) Um, And with your journey, what has been maybe a testimonial or somebody reaching out or review that you've received from any of your numerous books, because I know you've written a lot, Um, but if you have a little story you could share with us today.
1: You know, I'm, I, I have a lot that I could say about, you know, other big names in the industry who've said things about my books, but yeah. My favorite instance is a teacher who reached out to me I think that that was probably my favorite kind of testimonial experience that I received from someone from a stranger. Um, just because there are so many kids out there who don't like to read or they don't mm-hmm. like music or they don't know how to make connections between what they do like and what they don't mm-hmm. to make things more enjoyable. And so I think that that was just such a powerful moment for that boy. Um, and I was over the moon that, you know, my story was just a spark of inspiration for him.
0: Oh, that it's amazing. What like one thing can really lead to. And I think it's so important, especially coming from a family of educators myself, like being around incredible teachers, but having a book that really lights a child up where they get it, they understand connect with it and whether it's music or not liking something especially reading like I know I didn't like reading when I was younger now I love it I'm obsessed but it's also for the student like the way the words on the pages and the activity that the teacher all it came like married together of what made sense for this little boy and him to be open to it and really like take on that and have that superpower of dump trucks like out of all things (laughs) But I I love that where it was able to really connect with it. And that's a testament to your writing and to this teacher too. But that collaboration of amazing work that you're doing, that you're getting kids involved without being directly there, but indirectly and having that change for them. I think that's so important and key, especially children. I mean, because when they learn it, when they're young, it helps them when they get older. I
1: didn't go into writing, think I'm going to make a, a child who doesn't like music, love music via mm-hmm. dump trucks. Like that's not the thought process that <laughs> nope. was there. It was just, <laughs> you know, it was just, I, I want to inspire whatever that means, whatever shape that takes. I want to educate that takes for these different kids, because I don't know about you, but reading is an experience for me. And so mm-hmm. The experience I have reading one book is going to be different than the next. And it's going to be different from person to person too. Not everybody likes every story and that's okay. Not everybody has the same sentimental feelings or experiences with every book. And so Mm -hmm. the more literature we have out there that is diverse and that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, covers a wide variety of topics and and children and experiences, the more people have access to those magical moments. That's
0: what it's about. (laughs) And I have to ask, because I know you were an educator previously in elementary school. What, after you had that conversation with your husband of just like, okay, well, why not do it? Were there, was it completely overnight where you stopped teaching and focused on your writing or was there like, what was that journey like for you?
1: I originally did it just not even really as a side gig, I treated it more like a side gig, but the goal wasn't money. The goal was I wanted to do this, this was a dream of mine. Um, I was fortunate enough that it turned into a side gig very quickly. Uh, and you know, it, it made me study income on the side, um, doing fairly little, obviously I was still doing things, but it wasn't full-time job. But then I was published just a couple months before COVID hit. Mm. And so COVID hit and education, you know, was a hot mess that year. I had a lot of time to dedicate to writing just because I wasn't commuting anymore. We didn't have as many meetings, but then the next school year came around and that was difficult because we, we tried having a normal school year and it was very touch and go. We were Full verbal, then we're part person, then we're, you know, so we were back and forth, back and forth, constantly shifting and changing. And it was a lot. It was a lot on every teacher. Um, Mm -hmm. but there wasn't really an end in sight. And at that point, I learned I was pregnant with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And my books were doing well, very well. And when that school year ended, um, I had her in April. So I was on maternity leave for the end of the school year. I decided to give it a shot and take a leap of faith and go full-time with my books because I felt that that's what was best for me, for my family, for being able to, you know, not work 60 hour weeks plus. Um, And so it it did start as just something I did on the side and it is absolutely possible to do with it while down a full-time job. Um, it just wasn't the right path for me in the end.
0: I appreciate your transparency and just even going through that journey and having your daughter, what has motherhood and being an author
1: been like for you? Um, positive craziness, positive chaos, like what's a (laughs) term for that? Uh, she loves reading, um, so much to the point where we have to hide certain books from her because she'll want to read them for hours on end and they're like you know five pages long so there's it's not deep or you know you get to a point where okay can we pick a different book no we want this book um so I'm always thrilled about that uh she's definitely my best book t- I have a like test it out on her. She's only, she's a year and a half years old. Um, yeah, a year and a half. So her attention span is really short, but (laughs) I feel like that's a good challenge. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I generally think it's, it's been incredible because I've had more time with her and my work is something I can do with her and experience with her. Um, and that's not really how most careers work. So it's definitely unique and special, I think.
0: Yes, it's very special. And that's, I was just thinking too, like she's your perfect research market. (laughs) (laughs) You can test it out all day, every day. (laughs) She's bored reworking. It's perfect. It works out really well. But I love how unique it is because you really don't like I mean, a lot of different entrepreneurs might not be able to test it on their children or anything like that. But I love that it's almost this very special relationship you can have too, being home, but also reading term because words mean so much. They matter and they hold weight. But like having something so magical too with the books that you do create and just the storylines, I think it's really important that have that, and I'm so glad that you're on today to share about that as well. And I'm curious, what has been maybe two or three things that you wish you would have known when you started this journey
1: that you know now? Oh, that's tough because there's like a laundry list of things I wish I would. It known. is. <laughs> <Same> um, <too. laughs> top two. Let's see. Probably the first thing would be, um, I wish I had. I wish done more research up front. Mm. Um, meaning when I was looking into the industry, obviously I was, I was reading and I was researching, but it was surface level at first. And there were very obvious things that I didn't catch. For example, traditional publishing is free. The author, they actually pay the author. So if you go to Google and you type in publishers Uh, and somebody pops up and they tell you their rates for publishing, that's not a traditional publisher. I just had no idea uh, Mm -hmm. about that until I was in the middle of a Facebook group conversation Mm -hmm. and someone said something that sparked me to research more. I didn't dive deep enough. Uh, Even things like self-publishing, a lot of people don't realize that when you self-publish, you are the publisher. So they'll go looking for a self-publisher. And there are dishonest scams that take advantage of people who don't know those things. So yeah. those, are my, those are my two tips for the research thing is one, mm-hmm. traditional publishers pay you. And two, when you self-publish, you're the publisher. Those two things will p- keep you out of pretty much any scam. <laughs> and the second thing I wish I knew, um, I guess was, it goes back to the support system. I have, my husband is very supportive. My family is very supportive, but the same goes with the people in the industry. When you're looking for an editor, find someone who is in you, find someone who gets your vision and wants to help you get there. Um, when you're working with an illustrator, they should be just as excited about what's on the page as you, uh, because that's part of what makes it magical is their creativity paired with your creativity. So I wish I would have known how important that was as well. Not just my personal circle, but my professional circle being supportive too. That is enormous
0: when we have that support, whether it's personal, professional, just finding those people that are in our circle that are really going to elevate us, uplift us, be honest with us as well, but the negativity or The naysayers are just really bringing us down. We don't want to have those in our space because it's not going to really help in any capacity except bring us down. And nobody wants that. (laughs) But I appreciate you saying that too. And I think it's important. That support system, professionally and personally, is so key. And I have been having such an amazing conversation with you, Vicky, but we're going to jump into the rapid fire questions if you're ready for them. Okay. So the first question is, what motivates you to work smarter?
1: Having a child because she takes up a lot of time.
0: <laughs> it sounds about right. <laughs> from what I hear, I'm not a mom yet, but. but. <laughs> and if you were a superhero, what would be your power or powers?
1: Ooh, well, if I had to be a superhero, I would totally be Tala from Rhythm Rescue, you know, music. Sp- but if if it wasn't that, then say, Invisibility just because then I could sneak away to nap when I need. (laughs) Uninterrupted.
0: (laughs) Yes, uninterrupted. Actually getting in a nap. Nap's are best when we can get them. (laughs) What is the phone app that you use the most?
1: Definitely Facebook, although Instagram is starting to creep up there because I'm a little bit addicted to reels.
0: (laughs) They're so fun. It's like a wormhole. (laughs) It is. Once you start, you're like, oh, I like this sound. Oh, this is cool. Yeah. It gets the creative juices flowing, I think.
1: Two hours later. Oh, I didn't eat lunch.
0: (laughs) It's time. (laughs) I love it. Love the honesty. And what is the last book that you've listened to or read?
1: Let me think. It has been, it's been Brown Bear. Brown Bear. Brown Bear. What do you see? that's one of the ones we have to hide occasionally. Yeah, it's um, classic. we do own three copies, which makes that difficult, but <laughs> well, it's in case you lose one, you know, it's right. Right. There. Um, an adult book though, um, would be the cruel Prince series. So mm. I like that one.
0: Sounds intriguing. And what is your favorite way to spend a day off? If you aren't writing, you're just having the whole day to yourselves, whether it's with family or just yourself, what what do you like to do?
1: Um, if it involves food and sleep, I'm set. So breakfast in bed, lunch in bed, reading a book, book, playing a game, snuggling, whatever. If there's food and there's sleep, I'm I'm there.
0: (laughs) Sounds like the perfect combo recharging. (laughs) And what is something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry that you haven't mentioned yet?
1: That's a great question. The writing a book is more collaborative than you think. You know, you have all these professionals giving you feedback. You have beta readers. Um, but then when you get into the marketing components, that's collaborative as well. Who you think you write for sometimes is the person who ends up buying your book. Sometimes it's a different audience. Other times it's not. It's exactly what you expect. Um, but there's a constant learning curve and you never really know until you put yourself out there, um, what the results will be, who will like it, who will share it, where most of your sales will come from, um, where most of your reviews will come from. You don't know until you put yourself out there. And sometimes learning what works best is more collaborative than you think.
0: Well said. I like that. (laughs) But I've totally enjoyed this conversation. Where can people find you, find your books? We're going to link everything below, but if you could let us know too.
1: Yeah, so my books are available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or wherever books are sold. If you just type in my name, Vicki Weber, they'll pop up. There's a lot of them. You can <laughs> take your pick. I'm also a um, author and publishing coach. So if you have ever wanted to write a book yourself and don't know where to start, uh, check out my website, at homeauthor.com. There's lots of YouTube videos, blog posts, co- uh, coaching courses. Lots of information out there to help you get your book out there as well.
0: Awesome. Well, if you're looking to be an author, you just found the perfect person. (laughs) But thank you so much, Vicki, for sharing your journey with us, the ups, downs, everything in between, but really how you've been able to accomplish so much. And you're so humble. And I just so appreciate your transparency and your honesty of your journey as well. And for being on today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Vicky? What did you learn? She said so many amazing things for you to really write down to. If you want to go back and watch it again, to write those down, Um, but leave the comments so she can see it as well. And we will see you on the next video.